the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Rescuers radio show at Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. Airs every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on those locations. And I'm very excited about my guest today. Uh, rather new to the department, but not new to law enforcement, we're going to hear his story, is the uh, director of Arizona Department of Public Safety, Colonel Heston Silbert. Uh, good to see you. Nice to see you this morning. So uh, let's start off. Our, our worldwide audience to Rescue Our Show would like to hear a little bit about your background. Uh, how did you get to where you are? Well, I, I began my law enforcement career at the Phoenix Police Department back in 1989, so 32 years ago, and was really fortunate to to work there and work a multitude of assignments. It was a a time of significant transition in the city of Phoenix and and significant changes in law enforcement and uh, evolution in law enforcement. So I I worked heavily worked in uh, street gangs during the course of my career there and then uh, went into a special assignments unit, SWAT tactics and whatnot, and uh, then promoted uh, out of the special assignments unit and worked back in patrol and back in the South Mountain Precinct. That's where I spent most of my patrol time actually at every rank was in the South Mountain Precinct. I enjoyed it there. enjoyed the people there. I uh, liked working in them the most diverse community that the city had to offer. Mm-hmm. And as time went on, uh, yeah, I just had a, a multitude of really interesting assignments that I was fortunate enough to have and uh, had some, some great leadership and some great mentors in my career who who helped uh, show me a good path of, of law enforcement. Are you an Arizona guy? Now, I, I grew up uh, in uh, Baltimore and then in uh, Fresno, California. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but you've been here since '89 uh, or before that, right? I moved here from uh, the same year I came. Yeah, <laughs> I moved here from Los Angeles at the time. Yeah. Um, well, I, we're both lucky to be here. <laughs> Great place, Arizona. So, uh, Department of Public Safety is a statewide uh, law enforcement uh, entity, and much larger than local law enforcement. Your charge is what? It's the state, uh, so we have four divisions at uh, at the department: uh, technical services, uh, administrative uh, agency support, and uh, then we have obviously the highway patrol division and the investigations division. 
So it's it's a really eclectic and diverse uh, diverse agency that so many agencies and uh, people around the state rely on for resources and uh, and the uh, abilities of the agency. So you just had your first anniversary at, as director of the department, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Feeling good, like you'd made a good choice. Well, this, oh yeah, or the was, state made a better choice. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, it was it was an honor, you know, to, yeah. to be interviewed by the governor. And I tell you, I walked out, and even if uh, I wouldn't have gotten the job, the fact that uh, he'd consider taking the time to talk to to me uh, that that really almost kind of made my career. The fact that he'd even <laughs> talked to me, so uh, that was that was significant for me. And uh, obviously, we didn't know what kind of year we'd be going into. And oh boy, uh, yeah, it, uh, it was a dog year. You were right at the beginning. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about that right away. Uh, you know, here we are a year and a uh, quarter, a year later, we're, we're still in it. And, uh, you know, vaccinations are, are uh, coming down fast and furious, and, and hopefully that changes things. But, but over the past year and almost a uh, year and four months now, uh, from a law enforcement standpoint, there's been a lot of issues raised, not just here, but all over the country. Uh, like like speaking words like defunding police uh, or agencies and and um, trying to downplay the the need for for law enforcement it's softened a lot since now that we've got a year behind us and the most of it has settled down I think but what are your thoughts on all this stuff going on? Well, in any facet of your life, when you make decisions in haste or emotion, sometimes we don't always think them through as well as we, we might want to think we do, mm-hmm. even even as we're doing them. And I think at the, the apex of emotion uh, during the course of the last year when, when George Floyd was killed, you know, people, were, people were hurt by it. You know, I think that I think that's a word people struggle to use sometimes to say that they're out. Yes, they're outraged and, and angered. There's no question, but people are hurt by it. That's the root. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they're hurt yeah. and uh, hurt on a multitude of levels. Whether it be uh, feeling like the the you know we're we're the most visible form of government in law enforcement, unequivocally. Yeah. We're, we're in uniform. We're identifiable. Yep. We are the most visible form of government to the people. And whether people say it or not, I think there's, there is still some idealism in that they want to believe in their government. They want to believe that the government is going to do the right thing for them for the right reason. And when the most visible form of government catastrophically fails and catastrophically fails with malice, Mm. it 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 damages people and it damages con- confidence and so you saw that take place throughout the country now as a result of that people felt we've got to do something you know it's just when people feel desperate and they feel hurt they feel like they have to do something and make a decision and i think that the outcome of that was people making statements to the effect of defund the police and things such as that. Is that a well thought out philosophy? No, it's no. not. It's mm-hmm. it, it really is a it's a, a bad idea. Right. And I think a bad idea would be an understatement. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're seeing now, w- within less than a year, the ramifications of even inferring such an idea, um, 
there's challenges with crime right now. It appears crime is going up. I think crime is probably going to continue to to grow go up over the course of the next few years. It is already hard enough to recruit for law enforcement and and uh, fill our ranks. Now you add this this defunding the police uh, mantra, mm. and it, within like I said, within less than a year, I think even in Minneapolis. They're trying to find ways to hire police officers and, yeah. and infuse money that, back yeah. in, infuse money back into the system. Yeah. So, so were people hurt? Yes, they were hurt. Did they want to respond and, and send a message? Yes, they wanted to respond and send a message. Was that was that the message you wanted to send in that in that format or context? No, that's not the mm. right one. Yeah. Uh, we need law enforcement. We're a nation of laws. Uh, you know, the nation is is essentially found, founded on Judeo Christian ethics. Yep. And and those are bound by what Ten Commandments, right? Yep. And uh, they're laws. Yeah. So we're a nation of laws, and we 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 go into those laws, and we branch off of those laws, and we have to have the people that enforce those laws. But we have a responsibility in law enforcement to ensure that the manner in which we enforce those laws are fair and just, and that people can trust us and count on us to do it mm-hmm. in a fair, uh, just manner. So I'm going to go back to one comment that you made. Um, is there uh, – what is the recovery point? Um, you know, the academy here in Arizona trains all forms of law enforcement agencies at the same academy, right, whether they're local or state. Is it the same academy at South Mountain or the- – well, there's there's mul- multiple academies around the state. Okay, and uh, so the the officers in Tucson PD and in Southern Arizona will go through Salatsi, uh, the, okay. the Southern Arizona Academy. There's a Western Arizona Academy, a Northeastern Arizona Academy. The largest academy, obviously, is the Phoenix Police Academy. Yeah. Uh, it's run by Phoenix PD, but but we go through those academies differently. Phoenix PD goes under through the academy under one doctrine. And Arizona State Troopers go through the academy in uh, a different doctrine. Okay. That would make sense with just just your call to, a- to action and who you are, right? You're, you're not made the same. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're human beings. They're, yeah. for the most part, young men and women. And that academy is going to have a significant impact on the direction of their career mm-hmm. and the ideals that they will, will come away with. We run more of a paramilitary stress base, I would call it academy. Mm-hmm. There is, it is unrelenting basically for 28 weeks. Now the academy has just increased. Uh, AZ Post just uh, implemented more more training. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe the academy has increased by three more weeks. So basically for us, our troopers, they're going to go through a 31-week academy. A, a Phoenix recruit might go through a 21-week academy, and now it will be about a 24-week. So in the after effect of all the things that we've been we've just talked about going on around the country is what's the effect like for upcoming generations that would like to be law enforcement officers are you seeing it are you you don't think it's at a high level medium level is it not is it sluggish or are there candidates it's just it's difficult. It, I think it's cyclic. I think that uh, there will be a period of time where we'll get a, a, an influx again. I think we have to be careful to. I remember there was a period of time they were offering signing bonuses to become law enforcement officers, and I think that's a horrible idea. Mm-hmm. It, it's a calling. 
Yeah. I I wouldn't tell somebody who looks at it and says, hey, it's got got great benefits. Uh, You should sign up for it. <laughs> it, it, it's the heart. It's it's a calling. Yeah, you know. yeah, understood. So um, you've made it. You've made it. You come through the year year of COVID and all, all the way into twenty one, where it's still there. Uh, hopefully, by this time in the summer, in a few months from now, it's greatly diminished with vaccine because of the vaccine and all of that. But right now, we really don't know. Uh, just today is opening day for Major League Baseball. And I know the Washington Nationals uh, in D.C. had to shut down because of uh, positive testing to two individuals. So they already had to postpone a couple games. <laughs> and we're just getting started out of the blocks. So, um, uh, you, you know, you must have come in with an idea of and a plan of what you wanted to do at the agency and uh, setting goals, uh, purpose, whatever whatever that is. Uh, what do you think, looking back through the, your first year at the department, uh, have you met those goals? Have have they changed a lot uh, under under what you were thinking? Well, I would say this. You know, I'd, I'd worked with Colonel Milstead for years and years mm-hmm. throughout our careers, and uh, both at when we had both retired from Phoenix and were at Mesa for a period of time and then DPS, I had the opportunity to be his his executive officer and then at DPS, his, his deputy director. So when I came into it, if I had come in and said, boy, I want to change a bunch of things, then I already screwed up because, <laughs> because we were already yeah. implementing those systems and practices and uh, characteristics that that we wanted to see our agency personify and represent to the state and to the community. So we were already on that path, and and, and for me to have come in uh, as the new director uh, a year ago, uh, we were, we we remained on that path. It was just to keep 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 moving forward and keep getting keep getting better every day and, mm-hmm. and becoming the most elite law enforcement agency we could possibly become. Nice. Um, you also have a great background in um, a lot of your background. Background is in gang uh, enforcement and drug enforcement. That that had to help you uh, where you are now, top down on on all of those issues. Yeah, well, where gang enforcement comes into play, and for detectives who, who and officers who work street gangs. That's for a multitude of reasons. Number one, you have to hone your on-view proactive police activities. You, you have to understand case law, mm-hmm. the ability to get out of a car, and and work. Uh, that is imperative for crime suppression. In fact, I think it's one of the challenges some agencies around the nation are facing now is they're losing their on-view proactive policing uh, for a multitude of reasons. But having those that skill set for for any officer but particularly for a gang detective is imperative it 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 makes you uh review and understand search and seizure case law constitutional law what your latitude is to do the job and then you're going to investigate a multitude of different things i i was working the gang unit at phoenix pd when i think we had our our abs- our, our record years of of homicides and they were gang related homicides mm-hmm. The crack epidemic had taken root in Phoenix. Uh, Street gangs had really uh, flourished during that period of time. 
And as a result, we were taking a multitude of shootings and drive-by shootings. Well, what did that help with? That helped my investigative skills and shootings. It helped my investigative skills with sure search warrants, interviewing people, understanding and, and, and honing the rudimentary and most important fundamentals of law enforcement that every, that every officer strive to have. So as I ascended in rank, those foundations were always critical uh, to, to any success I would have leading uh, women and men in this profession because leadership is mentoring and teaching. And if you don't have anything to bring to the table, yeah. then you shouldn't be taking a promotional exam. Right. So uh, at, as a state agency, more than a local law enforcement agency, you're dealing on, on a basis with gangs, just to name gangs and maybe even drug uh, activity coming in from other states, other 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 avenues that touch the heart of the DPS, probably more than local agencies, correct? Well, our, our troopers see it from so many different angles. Yeah. You know, we, you know, our troopers run the veins of the, the, the vascular system of the body of this state, if you will. And uh, we have people coming in from all different places, committing all kinds of different crimes on those freeways, and those troopers are out there day and night in the most desolate locations you can imagine. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly in awe of both their courage and their work ethic and then their ability to on view and be proactive about uh, apprehending criminals who are coming into our state uh, to commit crimes, uh, to the furtherance of crimes, and then to impact crimes that are going to happen in different places in the nation because we're a hub being in Phoenix Mm -hmm for drug trafficking, per se, mm-hmm. to go throughout the rest of the United States coming from the cartels in, uh, in uh, Mexico. Yes. So um, let's go down that road. Now Now we're seeing a burst again. Um, it, it's it calmed down somewhat over the last four or five years, and now it's bursting open again. And, and we're hearing stories like they're coming so fast in, in such large groups, they can't be checked. Uh, Homeland Security is having a real struggle finding out who's coming in. Uh, are they criminals? Is there a criminal aspect? What are the cartels doing? How are they using all of this as an excuse to generate more traffic? Uh, it, it seems as though uh, it's hard to get your an arm around all of this right now. Yeah, we just uh, spent last week, I believe it was, with Governor and uh, with uh, Senator Scott from – Florida, mm-hmm. and and with the Border Patrol and with uh, the Cochise County Sheriff, uh, Mark Daniels, we spent a significant amount of time on the border. Actually, uh, we, f- we flew the border in helicopter to uh, examine the border wall, where it's complete, where it's not complete, where the, where the voids are in the wall. The holes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, yeah, it's 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 an obvious problem. It mm-hmm. goes without saying. Um, you know, the Border Patrol. I will tell you, you talk about a professional group of people and who who know their business. They do. They really do. If you talk to the the, the leadership of the U.S. Border Patrol and the line level people at the Border Patrol, they are they're committed. They know their mission. It's they a know, hard they, job. Yeah, 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 they do a great job. And then, so that's level one. And then you know, level two is going to be. Uh, once they punch past that is is going to be those those border county sheriffs uh you know in, in Cochise, Santa Cruz, Pima, Yuma, 
and uh, to a degree Pinell County because of the way that the state is situated, yeah. uh, and then up into Maricopa County. But but understand that every county in this state feels the ramifications of cartel activity yeah. because they're going to push through all the way to northern Arizona up to I-40 one way or another to get their product or the people who they can also consider a product. Remember, they, they, they look at, at human trafficking as nothing more than a commodity mm. and, um, and, that they, and a moneymaker. You, know, you don't come into the United States from south of the border without the cartel saying you do. You do, yeah. So wow. So that you have to realize that that what they consider a commodity, uh, which is which is really sad when you think about it, they're human beings, yes, and actually. many of which are, you know, yeah. Some people are coming here to commit crimes. Some people are coming here to look for a better way of life, mm-hmm. but they're going to be victimized by organized crime before they ever even cross that border. And that's a that's a deep subject by itself because they, when when the human trafficking takes place, it goes deeper into Mexico or Central America countries, and then from there, anywhere in the world, right? Sure, sure. They, you know, we're, there's, a, there's a huge influx in the briefings that I received of, uh, of people who are then from other than Mexico. You have the Central American countries, Guatemala, uh, Honduras, El Salvador. Uh, we're seeing a huge influx from Brazil. And uh, then, you know, obviously, and Cuba, Strangely, really, coming, yeah, yeah, Cuba. I would coming, think that would be more Florida, but yeah. But wow. uh, what was explained to us is the distance between um, the border of Mexico to Cuba and the distance to going to Florida apparently is about 90, 90 miles. Oh, okay. Each way. Mm, so interesting. Just, yeah. So <laughs> geography so, lesson here. Yeah. So the, there's been an influx of uh, of Cuban immigration as well. And then obviously you have the one that I think people fear the most, and that is, you know, are we are we bringing terrorists into the country through these thoroughfares that are provided through the cartels? Mm. Texas seems to be having, of course, they have more border uh, than we do, and uh, and and I know there's, I, I've seen some video over the last day or so of the holes in the fence uh, where the wall would have been, and where they stopped construction, and and the it's a flow. That's real dangerous and and heavy. It looks like so. Um, and then who knows where they go from there? Right? Could come through Arizona. The highways east and west all go through all of our states, sure. and um, and that's that's your territory. So um, uh, this year, looking forward, um, I, I hope my hope for you and the department is that that enough. Enough uh, young adults are encouraged uh, and attracted to law enforcement. They feel a calling, and as you've said, and 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 that uh, the the academy all of a sudden uh, fills up. You know, <laughs> that would be a, a, a probably a, a best answer for you, and a best dream for you. As long as it fills up with the right people. With the right people, yes. And that's the, well, it's the whole purpose to go through the the training, though, right? Um, and um, so I I think um, so. What 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 what's the biggest the biggest item on your plate right now? If you were to pick one thing, what is that? Well, I think as 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 you noted before, it's it's going to be uh, 
the maintenance and recruiting and retention of, uh, of law enforcement officers, and, that, and I don't just say that for our agency, but I say that for every law enforcement agency, to recruit uh, high-quality people and put them on the street because, as I said at the very beginning, we are, we are the identifiable, uh, most identifiable form of government, and it's the one that I, I feel people need to have the absolute most trust in. Mm-hmm. We're, the, we're quite frankly, you know, if you will, we're the most visceral. You know, we're, yeah. we're not we're not uh, we're not politicians. Uh, we're law enforcement officers, and uh, people have to have faith in us. And so, if you ask me, and my next question would be, it would be always to build and build and regain uh, public trust. And uh, and and I, and I hope we've never. I don't. I don't feel we've ever lost that. Mm-hmm. Right. But I. But I know we've we've taken a bit of a hit on it. And I, I hope that we can always rebuild and establish that public trust that people believe in us. Yeah. So I have a question for you as we, we come towards the end of the program. We're in our last minute and a half. Uh, COVID is going to end at some point. We don't know exactly when, but it's going to get better this year, I think. I, I'm, I'm getting that feeling uh, with the vaccination levels. Um, what, what, would, what would you hope for? Forget that COVID even exists after COVID moving forward, what would that one thing be for you? Well, it's just, it, you know, it's changed everything. And yeah. in, in some ways, you know, you, you've seen the the resourcefulness of this, of really all countries who are involved. But for us, it uh, it would be nice to, to, to interact with people again in, in a way that, that we used to to some degree. Uh, I know in some ways we've become more efficient but I think I, as well as a lot of us, miss interacting with people. I haven't gotten to go out and do directors' mm. meetings and sit with our troopers in person in a large group and, and talk to them and communicate. So We're all looking forward to that day because <laughs> we're all tired of distancing and uh, and and all of that. But um, Heston, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. It was an honor it's good to get to know you, and I look forward to working with you more um, uh, after the program today. But the, the Rescuer, Rescuers Radio Show is heard at faithtalk1360.com and faithtalk1360 every Thursday, 5.30 p.m., a new show. Thanks for listening. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM.